Freaks, it's Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. Coming up on the program today, we work through a very tense domestic situation. Plus, punk rock Frasier fans say their reboot script was ripped off. Daily affirmation for you and your dog. And apparently you can build a house with Nana's remains. All coming up today. Distorted View Daily proudly presents a very ill-timed tribute to Jews. I'm proud to be a Jew. I'd like for you to know. Whenever I think of you, I am. I want to tell you so. Because I'm proud to be a Jew. I'd like for you to know. Whenever I think of you, I am. I want to tell you. I wear a big mug and duffy When people look at me I say I'm proud to be a Jew I'd like to be the most Whenever I think of who I am I want to tell you so Because I'm proud to be a Jew Distorted View Show with Tim Hansen. Yes, Tim Hansen back here with you for your Wednesday edition of DV. Have a great one for you. Look, I don't have time for pleasantries. Let's just get right into this bitch. You're here. I'm here. I'm not about wasting people's time. Got plenty of fucked up shit to share with you today. Look, I'm sorry. You look nice. I hope you're doing well. I didn't mean to be so short with you. I'm just very excited about today's show. Sometimes I forget that it doesn't cost a cent to be nice, to be pleasant. It's one of my worst qualities. I'm working on it. I also forget occasionally that you guys are very high maintenance. If I'm not constantly showering you with praise and compliments... You get so whiny and needy. You know it's true. Remember when you guys didn't speak to me for like a week because I forgot our half anniversary? I'm still not entirely sure what a half anniversary is. Look, you know I love you. I don't know why I have to say it every day. Those are just words. I show up Monday through Friday on your feed. I'm here. I'm present. That should count for something. You know, sometimes you act like I'm not even trying here. You you don't give me any credit at all. Well, in reality, if you think about it, I'm the one doing the heavy lifting in this relationship. Me, not you. Yeah, you bitch and moan. But how much effort does that take? I'm out here doing a podcast for you. Meanwhile, what do you do? You look at your phone. Always looking at your phone. The content just sort of comes to you. It's pushed to you. Well, you know who's doing the pushing? Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is happening now. This has been a long time coming. Always acting like I'm the bad guy. I'm the screw up. Well, I'm here to tell you, honey, it takes two to fuck up a relationship. And believe you me, you're doing your part. Don't you walk away from me when I'm talking. Get over here and finish this conversation. I said, get over here. No, you're always walking away. You never want to get over here. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. 
I, I didn't realize your face was so close to my fist. You have to believe me. I didn't do that on purpose. I was just trying to pull you close to me so we could finish the, the talk. What are you doing? Don't you dare walk away. Honey, you gotta believe me. I was just upset. I didn't mean to punch you. You know, I would never do that again. I learned my lesson after the last time and the cops told me, no, but the cops, you're the best part of me though. You can't leave. Babe, we're so good together. Remember the stuffed animal I won for you at the fair, man? Come on, remember the good times. Don't do this. No, don't, don't do this. Please, stay. Just, just stay. If you walk through that motherfucking door, I want my ring back, bitch. That's mine. And I hope you don't think you're leaving in that car. I make the payments on that. That Honda Fit is mine. You can call one of your friends to pick your ass up. Call Ashley. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she's been waiting for this. Yeah, I know she hates me. God knows what you say about me to her. I, I see the way she looks at me. You leave, I'm gonna do the show for someone who wants to listen to it. Yeah, okay, okay, bye, cunt. You trying to get through that door. Why don't you gain more weight? Yeah, yeah, it's all coming out now. I was lying when I said you carry it well. Yeah, okay, you fat cunt. Yeah, I'm glad she's leaving. This is good, this is gonna be good for me. Finally get some peace and quiet around here. Do whatever I want. Don't have someone breathing down my neck. Have more time for my hobbies. Don't have to do stuff with her all the fucking time. You know what? That's why I started this podcast in the first place. I, I started it for me, not for her. So this is going to be good. Oh, did you forget your keys? I told you not to take that Honda Fit. Baby, don't go. Baby, don't do this. Why are you acting like this? Come on, we can talk. We can work it out. We'll go to the John Mayer concert. I'll get you I'll get you tickets to the John Mayer concert. Oh, that's real nice. Give me the finger. Well, I hope you know it's over. It's officially over. Call me when you get to Ashley's. Love you, babe. And scene. This is pretty much how I envision our relationship to be. Someone's being abused, either me or my listeners. It's uh, quite the toxic relationship, but I wouldn't trade it in for the world. Seriously, though, freaks, that's my Honda Fit. I let you use it when you need it, but I don't want you to think it's yours. Thank you. By the way, during my uh, little tirade there, <laughs> I kept getting notifications on my watch. Basically, it's a prolonged uh, high decibel warning. Sound levels hit 90 decibels. Around 30 minutes at this level can cause temporary hearing loss. That was all from just <laughs> me screaming. Lord Douche is probably wondering what the hell is going on in that room. Sounds like he's breaking up with someone. All right. Uh, listen, I do have a great show for you today. And we begin. We begin eight minutes in. <laughs> At the very beginning, I'm like, look, we don't have time for bullshit. I want to get right to the audio clips. And then I waste your time for like 10 minutes. I specifically say no bullshit. That's the only thing this show is good for. Bullshit. All right. Listen, our favorite bro baiting asshole sunning naked yogi is back. Yes, I'm talking about Will Blunderfield. Who else? You know, what I really love about Will uh, is when he speaks, he talks as if he's saying something truly profound, like he's teaching us something about spirituality and chakras and all that stuff. When in reality, what he's doing is um, he's telling us how to masturbate. That's something 
I'm gonna say a hundred percent of us have mastered on our own. I'm not sure why we need to pay Will for this type of lesson. Okay, and we look into each other's eyes and we say, brother, I see you. You have a beautiful manhood. Nice. And then we can lasso the sack and just start to, you can do this one with one of your bros. You just start to stroke your cocks. What an advanced concept here. Okay, stroke dick. And before you rub your frenulums together, just come into that horse stance and just look down at each other's dicks while you stroke your own penis first. I mean, doesn't this just sort of come natural to you guys? Now, even if you're not with another man, if you're helping a lady masturbate, or if she's jerking you off, or if you're having full bloom sex, it's not that unusual to like look at one another while you're doing the deed. Typically, this is not something that needs to be spelled out. Now, when you guys are having sex, look at each other's genitals. Brother, it feels so good to stroke my cock with you, man. Just get like really bro-y. It's been my theory, and it remains my theory, that Will is just a gay dude who loves the idea of fucking straight guys, so this is how he's tricking them into doing that. It's not gay sex, man. It's bro-bonding. It's spiritual, you see. There's nothing gay about this. Vikings did this shit. Fuck yeah, bro. You know, before they uh, went into battle. <laughs> We've heard that from him. Oh, just fucking blasting our fucking testes. Right? When we're in a relaxed state of brotherhood, the testicles naturally hang lower. Right? So you can kind of help train yourself into this parasympathetic, calm, peaceful state. Yeah, during this video, he's uh, he's grabbed onto his balls. He says he's lassoed them, and he's just yanking. He's tugging on his balls. Coming out of gay panic and into love and camaraderie and communion by just gently pulling your ball sack down. This is probably the smartest thing Will has ever done. Come up with the term gay panic. It's something you can tell a straight guy when he doesn't want to jerk you off. And it kind of makes him sound even more gay, right? Dude, I don't want to touch your dick. I ain't a homo. No, 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 no. God, you're, you're in a state of gay panic right now. It's probably like the most gay you can be. You're gay frazzled. The only way to overcome this is to touch my penis. Oh, you're such a manly dude. Thank you. Oh, oh your penis is so well developed, bro. Oh, your balls produce massive amounts of semen. See, now this is what I would like to hear more from Will Blunderfield. Maybe he can record a whole album of dick and semen-based affirmations. I'd love to drift asleep to, to the sounds of this. Fuck yeah, brother. Oh, fuck. Talk just, about how thick and girthy my beautiful dick is. Just complimenting each other's masculinity. Your testicle musk is intoxicating. How about that? Your curly pubic hairs look so good I want to floss with them. When you orgasm without coming, it's the best energy for your organs, especially when you do it around other men. Yeah, if you want all of the effects and benefits of an orgasm, you really need to do it in front of a man. It's like this guy is trying so hard to lure dudes into his butthole. Right, it's a way of tuning up and charging your battery together because steel sharpens steel literally like sharpening knives well once again uh, amazing content from will blunderfield i'll try to remember to uh, provide a link on the show notes today to his twitter sheet twitter sheet it's always got great content although i will warn you uh, don't follow will unless you're totally okay with seeing a lot of naked men he, he reposts or retweets dudes jerking off all the time but you know he's very straight 
let's move on. I've got here one of the strangest things that I think I've featured in a while. And it's not strange in the traditional distorted view way. I don't even know how to get into this, so I'm just going to say what I have here. I've got a couple who's upset with Kelsey Grammer, you know, Dr. Frazier Crane from Cheers and later Frazier, and now the Frazier reboot. As a matter of fact, this couple is angry with the whole Frazier team. Everyone on the production of that show can go fuck themselves. Take a look at the chapter artwork. This couple does not look like someone who would be obsessed with Frasier. So my immediate thought was, oh, they're trolling us. This is just a goof for laughs. But digging in deeper, I mean, these guys are committed. Now, they, I guess, came up with an idea for the Frasier reboot, some scripts. There are other videos on their channel that outline entire episodes, hour-long videos, and they show off their scripts walking us through each scene. It's strange. So somehow, either they're really committed to the bit, or these people are just cuckoo crazy bananas, and that's what I choose to believe. I think that's all you need to know before we get started. They explain the rest. Here is their video, How We Got Ghosted by Frasier. We are Kim. And Adams. We are a couple of DIY punk rock artists. The dude kind of looks like Wolverine. He's got those, like, mutton chops and long hair. She looks like she belongs in the B-52s. And if you didn't catch it, they're DIYers. You'll hear that about 3,000 times in this video. And our whole lives, we have just been kind of DIY, food stamp, poor kids who kind of had to work for everything we've ever had. Sounds like the type of people who would be interested in writing for a Frasier reboot. Yeah, basically our whole lives we've been into art, music, and just DIY, and being a part of the entertainment industry is something we have always dreamed of, literally since we were children. Now, while she's talking, she's showing photographs from their childhood or what we know when they were younger in bands, different performances. So at least some of this is true. Um, We have worked on tons and tons and tons of projects over the past decades that we just really weren't able to ever get off the ground just due to lack of funding, lack Lack of talent, resources, and just having to bust our asses to pay the fucking rent. God, I'm dying to know how Frasier plays into all of this, right? So she goes on to say that uh, she first saw Kelsey Grammer's work (laughs) on The Simpsons when he voiced Sideshow Bob, became a huge fan of his. We have always been fans of art, music, punk rock, and Kelsey Grammer. We just never had the resources or the time to actually do anything with those goals and those dreams. I bet you this is all because of that fucking pandemic. This couple had nothing but time on their hands for two years. And they were like, this is our moment. We're going to make all of our Kelsey Grammer dreams come true. During the pandemic. I knew it. I saw the Frasier reboot was announced. And then I immediately told Kim. We should be television writers. I I think that's where this is going. They they just decided to write a Frasier script. And then I reached out to both of the head writers of the Frasier reboot. Joe Cristalli and Chris Harris. Inexplicably, one of the writers actually responded. He messaged me back. I explained to him that my wife and I were not in the industry. We were up and coming independent artists. 
and I provided him links of examples of my writing. It's so funny. He's showing <laughs> he's showing the text messages, uh, and he just gives this this television writer a link to his Tumblr account. Very professional. Yeah, there's some of my writing in there, along with some of my Boy Meets World erotic fan art. It's pretty much what goes down on Tumblr, right? Chris said that he was willing to take a shot on a couple of new faces who were not in the industry. We did not have any representation. The message that was sent to this writer slash producer just has so many red flags. I can't believe he responded to these idiots. They wrote to him, look, we already have 10 story treatments for episodes one through 10. They got a whole season of Frasier pretty much worked out. We will continue to write more while simultaneously expanding with potential dialogue and scenarios to lead into a follow-up season if given the opportunity. Thanks. So this writer-producer named Chris does not say he's going to give them a chance. He literally says, the truth is it's going to be near impossible for a writer who hasn't had significant television writing to get on staff. He's like, we want to consider as many folks as possible, though, uh, and for legal reasons, we're not allowed to read any material that's any way, shape, or form related to Frasier. He says, look, if you have a spec script that you feel is top-notch and will rise above the hundreds of other submissions, then go ahead and send it along. And that's that's when this idiot sends up a link to his Tumblr account. Now, I myself am not in the television industry, but the way I uh, understand uh, what like what a spec script is and what this guy is asking for, he's, he, he's basically saying, look... <laughs> Uh, we can't read any Frasier scripts, obviously. But if you have a spec script, which is basically like a, a, a fake script for another television show. So, like, they would they would submit uh, a an episode of Seinfeld they wrote, right? Or they would, you know, just like a fake episode just so that everyone can get an idea of um, their, their writing abilities and stuff. Like, you know, write an episode, a fake episode of Friends. Let's see what you can do. That's, that's a spec script. These two morons just went ahead and wrote full-blown uh, Frasier episodes. Kim and I both, we... After the guy literally said, we, we cannot consider any Frasier-related material. Ended up rising to the occasion. Chris yeah. said, even though we are... Even though we weren't with an agency, Chris decided that he was going to give us a shot. No, that that's not what the guy said. Kim and I then took time out of our lives. He basically said, like, look, if you have a script that you think's really good that you wrote that shows off your writing ability, give it to me. I'll throw it in the pile. There's going to be like a thousand other people wanting to get hired by us. And we wrote three spec scripts. We sent Chris Harris these three spec scripts for Frasier explaining to him that we had actually had an idea of 10 episodes for the Frasier reboot. So Let me guess. At this point, the guy never contacts you again because legally he can't. We did not hear anything back. <laughs> I love delusional we people. <laughs> reached out to other people. I actually reached out to a few more people that I believe were going to be a part of the Frasier reboot. Oh, I mean, these guys were probably just pests. I bet you they're all well-known in the uh, Frasier camp. And we did not hear anything back for for actually a couple of years. We're still holding out hope, though. Pretty recently, we saw the trailer for reboot, and we thought, hey, this would be a great time to, to show the world. 
what we created and to kind of share our story and our experience about being this close <laughs> to working on a show that we actually yeah, care. She really thinks they were close to getting hired. When the writer, like, all he did was he was just trying to be nice. It was basically the equivalent of telling them, like, look, this is a very hard industry to get into. Chances are slim to none. If you're an exceptional talent, though, someone might notice your work. If you have a spec script, you know, send it along. We get hundreds of these things. But again, if you're the best of the best, you never know. The following presentation is rated, oh, God, as in, oh, God, don't make me watch this shit. So that served as an introduction to their stupid Frasier episodes that they walk us through. I'm not going to bore you with that. Their newest video, though, is titled Frasier Ripped Us Off. We all saw this coming, right? So they've seen a couple of the uh, the new episodes of Frasier. They say it's eerily similar to their scripts. Remember when that uh, TV writer messaged them and said, uh, for legal reasons, we're not allowed to accept any Frasier related content. This is why they're just totally proving the point why this is unacceptable, because, you know, people write something and they're like, hey, they stole my idea, even though I guarantee you no one stole anything. I looked at some of the uh, the script that they wrote. It involves uh, mostly Niles and Frazier. Niles is not even in the reboot. The actor who played him didn't want anything to do with it. Also playing a big part in the series is uh, Eddie the Dog who would be about 58 years old at this point. Eddie, in reality, is long gone. Also long gone is the guy who played uh, Frazier's father. You know, he was old to begin with. He obviously is no longer around. So these two morons spend a lot of time in the script dealing with the father's death. Now, in the real Frasier reboot, there's also a couple mentions of Frasier's father dying. And I bet that's what they're saying got ripped off. Both applied to be writers on the official Paramount Plus reboot for Frasier. Spoiler alert, we were ghosted. First of all, you didn't apply. You texted someone out of the blue. You linked to your Tumblr account. Your messages were full of emojis. It wasn't exactly a professional communication. We officially watched the reboot and... We noticed some similarities. Yeah, it's important to note that I am hating this as much as you. This is killing me, but I'm like way too invested at this point. The mental gymnastics these two are performing. It's Olympic worthy. We wanted to do a side by side comparison of the material that we created and officially sent to Paramount versus the material that they created. All right, let me just go uh, go over a couple of the similarities and then we'll move on. It takes a while in this video, which is 40 minutes long, uh, to get started with the similarities. And even before they, they, they list the first one, they, they start backtracking. Adam said it, you don't have to use someone's words to capture their vibe. Yeah, she's saying the vibe uh, is very similar. Or to copy them. I don't think you can copyright a vibe. So we kind of feel that... Legally, you're already in trouble. Your Honor, uh, the episode of Frasier we wrote uh, was very mm, melancholy. That was the vibe we were going for. And then we noticed... In the episode that made it to television, uh, there was some melancholy moments. I rest our case. We demand $7 million in compensatory damages, plus royalties, plus an executive producer credit. We will accept nothing less. I think, uh, you know, they lead off with their best example. 
of how uh, their script has been ripped off. You see Frazier coming back to Boston. He is in the airport just getting off his plane. He has a moment where he sees a poster in the airport of the Boston skyline where it has a little tagline, Boston's calling, are you listening? And then Frazier has a moment where he looks up at that skyline and then he kind of makes a little face to himself and he keeps going. So that was what actually appeared in the Frasier reboot. He sees the picture with the Boston skyline with the little tagline, Boston's calling, are you listening? And the reason why Frazier made that face is, you know, on his radio show back in Seattle, he would say that. He would say, I'm listening. You know, so a little, little call back there. I'm guessing that in their script, something very similar happens. Let's see how close they get. Uh, that was a very small moment, but it was a very significant moment uh, for us as writers because we wrote a scene in our version of Frasier where he returned to Seattle versus returning to Boston. Okay, so so far, not similar in the least. Different cities. And the first stop he makes in Seattle is at his uh, father's home. That's uh, Ronnie and Martin's apartment, and um, Martin is now passed. So there was this sweet moment that we wrote into this scene where Frazier comes into Ronnie's apartment. He looks out over the Seattle skyline, and he says this line to himself, Hello again, my old friend. That's it. That's the similarity. I know what you're saying. What is similar about that? It took me a while to figure it out. I mean, there's no poster advertising the city. He doesn't say, are you listening? There's no mention of listening. You know, his old catchphrase. The reason why they think they have been ripped off is because it took it took me so long to figure this out. So in the real version of the reboot, he's looking at that poster of the Boston skyline with the words, you know, Boston's calling. Are you listening? In this idiotic fake version of Frasier. The uh, script that these two morons wrote, he's looking out a window of an apartment that shows the Seattle skyline. It's the skyline that's the ripoff, even though they're different skylines. Just the mere fact that skylines are involved at all, regardless of the time, place, or if it's a real skyline or a skyline depicted in a poster, that's a ripoff. This is bonkers. Like, you talk about a stretch, right? Oh, I would love to play more for you. I, I want more examples of how their script was ripped off. But we've been on this for too long. We have to move on. I think you guys would kill me if I devoted any more time to Frasier. Who would have guessed the majority of today's episode was going to be so focused on Kelsey Grammer? All right. I've got a Utard update for you. Oh, this is great because a couple people have been asking about him. I mean, you know. These emails I got were spaced out over the course of like, you know, a couple, two, three, four weeks. It's not like the world is clamoring for Devin Sweeney updates. But a couple people were wondering, uh, what's Devin been up to? Is he still around? Is he still on Instagram? And he uh, certainly is. He's, uh, I guess, got a new series where he is telling us some of his dirty secrets. Hey, what's up, bitches? I can't believe he has any secrets left to tell. My man here is pretty much an open book. 
But all right, this is a dirty secret number four. And I'm going to tell you a story back in December of 2016 when I sucked this guy's dick at this homeless shelter. Pretty much all of his secrets involved sucking dick, getting fucked. I mean, I would be blown away if like dirty secret number five was uh, like, Hi, everybody. This is Devin. For my secret today, I want to tell you about that time I impregnated a bitch. I titty fucked her real good. And then I came in a pussy. And then nine months later, I get a phone call and she told me that she's at the hospital. She thought she was getting fat, but she really was having a baby. And now I'm a father. I rode my bike to the hospital and I held my newborn baby in my arms. And then I ran to the bathroom and I flushed it down the toilet because I don't want no fucking baby. I just want to smoke weed and get fucked in the ass by big fat black dick. Like, you know, it'll just wind up the, like every other video getting fucked by a big black dick. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. I sucked this guy's dick at this homeless shelter. See, this is my dirty secret number four. See, honestly, back in 2016, when I was 19 years old, I was so fucking homeless with nowhere to go in a winter storm. So I decided to book myself into a homeless shelter. That's totally what I did. And then I went in the bathroom because I was on antibiotics for my infected black eye that Alyssa did to me <laughs> when her and Ricky beat me black and blue. Oh, I remember that. He's talked about the black eye before. And honestly, I was taking antibiotics and those motherfucking antibiotics were making me get boners. I was getting really, really hard and horny. Yes. I don't think that's a side effect of antibiotics. That being said, you know, if you're going to suck strange dick, you know, you're going to be loitering in bathrooms looking to gobble up anonymous cum. It's probably best to do it while you're on a regimen of very strong antibiotics already, you know? So honestly, I was in the bathroom jerking off and then this guy came in and asked me what I was doing. So I told him, then he came over to me and asked, it's okay if I do this? And I was like, yeah. Then he sucked my dick for a little bit, like three, four minutes. And then I suck his big dick in a bathroom stall. And then I swallow his cock. And I suck his dick for like 10 to 20 minutes. And then he come on my motherfucking tongue. Yep, that's totally what I did. And then he left the bathroom and threw a Playboy magazine at me of naked, hot gay guys and said, you need to jack off more to gay guys. All right, but that's not the type of content Playboy magazine typically contains. I'm starting to question the accuracy of this dirty secret. And said, you need to jack off more to gay guys. But I was a good blowjob. Thanks, buddy. And then he left. And then I sealed in the meal for like 10 minutes and I was like, fuck, I'm so ashamed of myself. I'm a dear little hoe. That's my dirty secret. Number four, bitches. Okay, bye. Devin Sweeney continuing to Devin Sweeney. He's Devin Sweeneying all over the place. Thank you for the dirty little secret, my friend. And with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist of the fucked up news. If you enjoy Distorted View Daily, I could sure use your help. Step right up and become a member of the Sideshow. That's our member site where you gain full access to the entire archive of programs. More importantly, every week I do brand new exclusive shows just for paying freaks. Yesterday's episode of DV was Sideshow exclusive. 
We even did a uh, brand new Sextastic Tuesday story called Pounded in the Butt and Then Drowned by My Sentient Hot Tub. It was Matthew Perry fan fiction complete with a sea shanty. There once was a tale of a sitcom star, Matthew Perry sailed so far. He braved the seas from day to day until it carried him away. The sitcom star drowned out in sea, said glub, glub, glub. Hey, hey, the sitcom star, but really it was just his tub. Jet streams and powerful waves crashing down. He couldn't be saved. Tossed and pulled, he threw that man, Poseidon's evil plan. Hey, hey, the sitcom star, pills go down, now he's feeling woozy. Hey, hey, the sitcom star, forgot he was in his jacuzzi. By the way, I should say, we don't know if drugs were involved, but I'm just playing the odds. The guy struggled. And again, I feel like I have to mention I was a, a huge fan of Friends. Right? I, I have no problem with Matthew Perry. I'm just, uh, you know, an asshole. And it's been a few days since he died. So I think, you know, in my book, it's fair game. Also, you know, when I die, inevitably, uh, I hope you guys uh, write and perform songs about me. I would be flattered. You know, someone cares enough to sing about you. It's nice. It's a nice thing. Anyway, if you want to hear that episode and tomorrow's upcoming Sideshow exclusive episode, sign up right now. Membership's very inexpensive, only $6.99 a month. Even less when you opt for a quarterly, semi-annual, yearly, or lifetime membership. Superfreaksideshow.com is the web address. But if you happen to use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can sign up right in those apps. That way, everything just appears right where you normally listen to, to shows, right? So the free episodes and the Sideshow exclusive episodes will appear alongside one another in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever uh, app you use and sign up in. For more information, check out distortedview.com and, of course, superfreaksideshow.com. One final way to help support the show, we've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. If you pledge at least five, you get access to a special voicemail line where I will play your calls first. And I believe we have some patrons checking in today. We'll get into those in just a few minutes. But first, the news. First story I have for you, the whole idea of holding on to cremation ashes is, if you if you think about it, it's fucking nuts. Right. Here's your loved one who we put into an oven and incinerated. All that's left is their dust. So the crematorium or whatever hands you a baggie of human dirt. And then we just like keep it forever on our mantle in a vase. Why? Why is it so important that we we hold on to the remains? Because like when a person is buried... We don't, like, chop off a finger or toe or something and hold on to that. Is it just because we want them to be somewhere, right? The, the body's either going to be in the ground and we go, we can go visit them in the cemetery. Or, you know, if they're cremated, they'll be up on the on top of the fireplace. You know, so they're, they're still physically here on Earth with us somewhere. Wouldn't it make more sense while these people are alive or before they've been placed in the incinerator... Cut off some of their hair. Clip their toenails. That way we'd still, you know, we'd have a piece of them that is still whole, not just ashes. I've got a, a cremation-related story here. A man has sued a funeral home for allegedly giving families fake ashes. I'm guessing this guy didn't even know. There was probably an investigation done, and then these, these families were notified, hey, the ashes you got, they, they ain't your loved one. And that's when the lawsuit was filed. But up until that point, no one suspected a thing. And honestly, 
with with this news it, it, it doesn't change anything it's a mental emotional thing sure but what the fuck were you planning to do with the ashes? I guarantee you, you, you put it in a box and put it in a closet and you don't think about it ever again, right? All right. Uh, in death, these men and women deserve to be treated with respect and dignity, plaintiff attorney Andrew Swan said. Instead, they were defiled. What a drama queen. The Colorado Bureau of Investigation has said they found at least 189 dead bodies improperly stored at a building owned by Return to Nature. What a name for the business. Warning that the number could change as the investigation and process of identifying the victims continued. The plaintiff in the lawsuit, Richard Law, uh, entrusted his father, Roger Law, to the funeral home operated by couple John and Carrie Halford in 2020. The Colorado company was supposed to cremate the man and they gave the son what were supposed to be Roger Law's ashes. Now it's alleged that Roger, a grandfather of five children, was among the many bodies found in the building. Richard Law has come to learn that Rogers was one of the 189 bodies that piled up at Return to Nature Funeral Home. Uh, nearly three years after his death, Rogers still has never been cremated. Instead, he was allowed to decompose in squalid conditions. Roger deserved better. So did the other 188 victims. The bodies, I wonder what was given to the family. If it wasn't, you know, their, their relatives' ashes, was it someone else's remains? No, I know the answer, and it's funny. But first, uh, the bodies turned up after locals noted an abhorrent smell coming from the property. It's always the smell. That's how these crimes are discovered. Blame it on the rotting corpses. All right. Uh, yes, uh, there was an abhorrent smell coming from the property in question. Co-defendant John Halford allegedly tried and failed to pass the stench off as the result of his taxidermy hobby. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I could see that being a smelly pastime. Return to Nature had been taking bodies, charging people, and then lying about the accumulation for years. Attorney Andrew Swan said they knew what they were doing was disgusting, but they kept doing it. In some cases, such as Rogers, the owners allegedly had given the loved ones counterfeit ashes to the families and falsified death certificates. Other loved ones who stepped forward had previously cast skepticism on the so-called ashes they received. Four families who spoke into the Associated Press said the material seems like dried concrete. As a matter of fact, one of the relatives, Tanya Wilson, uh, did a side-by-side -side test. Oh, no. In which she mixed water separately with uh, the remains, the, the supposed remains of her mother, Young Anderson. And then she took some water and mixed it uh, with quickrete, which is like, you know, like that concrete mix stuff. Quote, the reaction looked very, very similar. The consistency and everything. Smell, taste. Then when it dried, it dried into little tiny rocks. Very similar. It gave me confirmation that I believe it's concrete. Apparently, the FBI also believes that it's concrete. Colorado, where this took place, is uh, the only state that does not require professionals in the funeral home and crematory industries to be licensed. Yeah, they should really change that. This is going to continue to be a problem. Return to Nature had reportedly been operating with an expired license, which is, I guess, OK, because you don't need a license in Colorado. Anyway, if you live in Colorado and you use the service Return to Nature... Got some bad news for you. Meemaw up there on the mantle is probably just a fucking standard brick. 
Second story we have for you today. This one just happens to come from our most fucked up state. Say it with me. Florida, our most fucked up state. Yes, an out-of-state property owner was shocked to discover a squatter had broken into their Florida residence and uh, made himself quite at home, even setting up a PlayStation in the bedroom for easy gaming. That can't be that unusual when it comes to squatters. Yeah, they're going to play video games. Not like they have to like go to work. They're living in a house for free. They've got a lot of spare time. There's not much overhead, you know? The Lee County Sheriff's Office on Sunday said Emmanuel Pierre, 25, was squatting in a residence until he was found out by the home's owner. Pierre was arrested after authorities say he made himself at home using their uh, car, (laughs) cooking in their kitchen, and connecting a PlayStation device in the bedroom. Now, that's what I call move-in ready. I mean, that squatter hit jackpot. It was a house, you know, that had running water, electricity, nice bedroom, a car in the garage. It was like a full setup. The homeowner discovered a squatter after they received a notification from their home's thermostat that the temperature was changed. That notification made the homeowner suspicious. After visiting the property, they allegedly discovered Pierre driving their car and parking it in the garage. The homeowner called 911 and blocked Pierre from leaving. It's unclear how long the squatter was living inside the home. Yeah, if it's too long, I think by law he owns it now. You legally have to give him your car and your house. Squatter's rights, right? I'm kind of unclear what that means. People are always screaming, squatter's rights! Like it's some sort of magic thing where you can just steal people's homes. Is that the case? If so, I need to get in on that action. Pierre faces charges of burglary, grand theft of a motor vehicle, and grand theft over $750. He remains in custody Tuesday, according to jail records. It's unclear if he has an attorney. Dude, the only way he has an attorney is if it came with the house, you know? All right, uh, final story we have for you today. Cracking myself up over here. Hey, looky here, we've got another story involving a dead body not being properly stored. This would have made a great news segment for Halloween. Fortunately, we're a, we're a day late there. A Southeast Alabama couple is behind bars after authorities said their 19-year-old son's decomposed body was found in a freezer. Michael Shane Halsted, 44, and Karen Halsted, 43, are charged with abuse of corpse. Henry County Sheriff Eric Blankenship said the sheriff's office received a 911 call at 11.37 a.m. about a dead body at that location. When deputies arrived on the scene, they found a decomposed body inside of a freezer. Ironically, this body was taken care of a little bit better than all the bodies from the funeral home. This one's at least in a freezer, you know, chilling. Uh, The sheriff said the remains are believed to be those of Logan Michael Halstead. He may have died as early as July or August. Blankenship said the family had moved away from the home. This is what's so fucking crazy. The family uh, killed their son or somehow the son died and they stored his corpse in a freezer. Then after a while, they decide to move. And then I, I don't know if they forgot about the corpse which is an insane thing to forget about. Or more likely, this was part of the plan the family had, which is dumb because, of course, someone eventually is going to find this corpse, and it's all going to lead back to the, the, the prior owners. All right, the sheriff said the remains are believed to be those of Logan Michael Halstead. He may have died as early as July or June. Blankenship said the family moved away from their home, which they rented more than a month ago. The owner had recently sold the property, and the new owners were cleaning up when they made the gruesome discovery. 
They came across uh, the freezer in the backyard, and it was too heavy to load up into the trailer, so uh, they were going to clean it out before hauling it away. When they opened it up and began moving things around, they saw a hand, and that's when they immediately called 911. The victim's parents were taken into custody later Sunday. They were questioned, and once charges were filed, they were booked into the Henry County Jail without bond. Quote, the incident is a very tragic uh, situation, and our agency is committed to finding the truth, Blankenship said. The victim's body was taken to the Alabama Department of Forensic Science for an autopsy. On Monday, the couple appeared in court, and a judge set their bond at $175,000 each. Blankenship said more charges are possible. So there you go. That's what's happening in Alabama and your world today. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. Well, I love to hear from you freaks, and there are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash distortedviewshow. All right, we've got some freaks checking in, uh, some patrons actually uh, checking in. Go right ahead. Hi, Tim. This is the good wife from Austin. Hey, Greg from Austin. Thanks, Greg. And I'm just calling to say that we are opening up the sign-ups for the Level 80 Cat Lady Memorial Secret Santa. Oh, my God. Christmas is so close. As of today. So please check the Discord if you would like to sign up. Yeah, the Distorted View Secret Santa has been going on for a bunch of years. It was started, of course, by our dearly departed Level 80 Cat Lady. She would routinely organize these things. And now, uh, thank you so much to uh, Greg from Austin and the the good wife from Austin for uh, continuing this. If you want to participate, you know, Secret Santa, uh, exchange gifts with other freaks. It's very fun. Uh, Just pop in the Discord and, uh, you know, the freaks there will help you out. They're a friendly bunch. Just go to distortedview.com and click on the Discord uh, link. You don't have to download the Discord app. You can uh, use the web version. If you're unfamiliar with Discord, it's not a, it's not scary. It's pretty easy to figure out. It's just a chat program, really. DB listeners hang out in the various chat rooms and, uh, you know, share links to funny videos and chat and all sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, ask about the uh, Secret Santa program in uh, the Discord. Everybody's invited to join, except for Twink Toilet, because his voice bills are trash. Oh, okay. Thanks, Tim. That was harsh. <laughs> Twink Toilet is banned from Secret Santa this year. Oh. Do better, Twink Toilet. All right, uh, next up here. Oh, hey, queer. Hello. Uh, you ever get a song that you hate stuck in your head? Uh, there was this kid at work, and by kid, I mean like 17 or 18. And she was playing well, this fucking song, and like. Well, your voicemail's driving me crazy. From Blues Clues, it goes. Brown, 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 brown. My boots, pussy hole, brown. Uh-huh. So, okay. Blues Clues song annoys you. Got it. <laughs> I don't think there's a more annoying children's song, though, than the theme from Caillou. So sorry to bring that up. You know, I mean, Caillou was canceled a few years ago. You're getting to be a big boy. Yeah. I'm just a kid who's four. Each day I grow some more. I like exploring. I'm of songs, by the way, uh, someone just sent me PayPal money. By the way, thank you so much for that. I feel like a bit of a charity case here, and I am, so uh, PayPal donations are gladly accepted. Uh, Philip 
e or uh, messaged, I guess, with the PayPal donation. Uh, so he's he's paying me money to do something here. He says, "Yo, Tim, uh, can you sing a Rocky horror song with Dick Clark's stroked out voice? Since Tim Curry is also Strokey McGee now." Yeah, we used to have fun with Dick Clark. Dick Clark stroke a New Year's Eve when he would try to count down. He'd always like trip up because the numbers were going too fast for his mind to comprehend. Five, four, seven. Like he would always get tripped up, start saying the wrong numbers. I mean, look, the, the guy paid me $20, so I have to do something here. So uh, I'll sing a little bit of this. I, I realize how offensive this is. How do you know I... You met faithful man with the words are going too fast, man. Don't get It's impossible. You can't sing after having a stroke like that. There's no way you'll ever stay with the 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 tempo or you know keep current with the lyrics. It's got to be so frustrating. Like, if you are a stroke victim, why does everything go so fast? <laughs> it's like everything is just flying past these people. You know, their, their brain and their lips are tripping them up. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't sing more for you, but I think you, uh, you, you get the idea. Let's do one more voicemail here. Sometimes some people just go full fucking retard. Uh -oh. You're thinking, you know, this is probably a terrible idea. And yet, you watch it like a fucking train wreck. You watch them go full retard. Okay, who's pissing you off? I need some details. And and you just want to grab a bag of popcorn or something. I, I, I don't know what you want to do. You can't turn away because you just have to see how the ship's going to turn out. And you want to tell them, hey, man, you're going full retard. All right, I'm looking at the transcript. She never gives us any details. This is like... When, uh, you know, those people on Facebook post very vague information, like, like they'll write, just got out of the hospital. It wasn't my fault. Charges are pending. The doctors say they can probably reattach the eye. I don't want to talk about it. And it's like, well, you can't open up a little bit like that and then not give us the full story. Ooh, I hate vague posting. Is that what it's called? Vague booking or something? All right, uh, that is all the time we have on this edition of the show. I want you guys to email me. Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you. 206-666-4463. That's 206-666. Oh, God, is it? Oh, God. I see you. You have a beautiful manhood. Spread the distortion, STD. Tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. I will see you back tomorrow if and only if you're Sideshow members. Otherwise, I'll be back uh, on Friday to end the week. Until then, have a great day. Bye, everybody. This has been another excellent podcast from the Scrod Media Group. Learn more at scrod.net.